What's going on there, youth pastors? Paul Turner here from the DiscipleProject.net and your host of the Youth Ministry Motion Podcast here with a kind of a different episode today. Today, I'm going to be sharing with you about how a youth pastor took one of my podcasts and wound up using it with his youth ministry to create his own podcast. C.J. Burroughs is a longtime listener to this podcast, as well as a youth pastor in Florida. And you heard the episode where I said that there are three phrases that youth pastors use that needed some reframing. And if you've not heard that episode yet, well, I encourage you to go take a listen to it. I'll put a link down in the show notes there. But he took this episode and wound up using those three phrases and pitching it to his students and saying, what do you think? about these three phrases and their need to be reworked. And he did it in a format where in his youth meeting, he has less time than I in a youth meeting. I think he told me there's like 45, he has 45 minutes for his youth meeting. And each one of those youth meetings has a very specific focus. One of those meetings in a month is a podcast month. He decided to start a podcast with his students and he is using these three phrases as a discussion point with his students for this podcast episode. So I asked him if it was okay if I reposted his youth ministry podcast for this episode, because there are several things that I believe that you can glean from it. Uh, I think number one, you're going to listen to him, how he uses the time. He uses these this 45 minutes and of the 45 minutes, 15 minutes of it is that podcast time. But also what he does is effectively including the audience. So he records his podcast live in front of a studio audience. And I think that's such a great idea. And I thought maybe, well, this might inspire some of you to maybe even think, well, what if I did this with my youth group? What if I chose questions and did 15 minutes of a podcast and started all this stuff? So my hope is that in you listening to this, number one, you're going to get inspired. You're going to say, wow, this is happening. Yes, number one. But number two, I want you to listen to how the students respond to the three phrases. I think what the students say are awfully insightful, and I think you might be able to glean some wisdom from that. Now, before we jump into his youth ministry podcast, I want to invite you to check out his Next Gen Nerd podcast, which he has done for quite some time, and he covers a multitude of nerdy subjects that I think would interest many of you. And I will leave a link to his podcast down in the show notes, as well as a link to his youth ministry podcast that his students are doing, because I think if you listen to it ongoing, you'll discover some really, really uh, insightful things. And now, without further ado, please enjoy the Madhouse Connect podcast. Welcome to the first episode of the Madhouse Connect podcast. Each month, students from the youth ministry of First Baptist Church of Alachua sit down to discuss a topic and give their perspective on the world today. This month, three students talk about retiring key phrases from ministry and how they can better communicate what those phrases were trying to accomplish. The material discussed was featured on the Youth Ministry in Motion podcast, which is hosted by my friend, Paul Turner. Let's listen in. So guys, like I mentioned, we have three of our students uh, to discuss some very important things today. I'm going to go and have them introduce themselves with their first name uh, and the school they go to, starting with my best friend right here. 
I'm Chris, and I go to Santa Fe High School. Very nice. I'm Layla, and I'm homeschooled, so I'm special. <laughs> yes, you are. Yes, you are. Uh, I'm Gina, and I'm dual enrolled at Santa Fe College. Very nice. Very nice. I'm CJ, and I go to the Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary. Um, <laughs> golly. All right, so uh, so guys, we're going to talk in just a little bit about some uh, some key phrases that we as Christians use uh, and that they probably need to be adjusted. So we're going to talk about that in a minute. But before we do, uh, there are a couple things that have happened to me this week that have caused me to want to talk about uh, other worlds, other ideas. Uh, not that I believe that there are other worlds like legit, but uh, I was reading one of my favorite books, Ready Player One, and there's all kinds of worlds in that book. Uh, and then uh, Destiny just came out with their new season, which has a steampunk world and all kinds of stuff. So I thought it'd be fun for us to pick uh, if we could live anywhere, uh, in any book, in any movie, or even if it's like another time period, where would you want to live? So I'm going to give you just a few moments to think like, this is where I'd want to live. And if you, when you figure it out, uh, kind of give me a little signal and I'll let you go when you, when you know, like, this is where I'd want to live. So we're going to come up with three and you guys are going to help us figure out something else in just a moment. So where would you guys live? If you could live in any other world, in any book, in any movie, or another time period, if you're like, I want to be a samurai. Hogwarts. Hogwarts. That's a good one. That's yeah. a good one. Yeah. Okay. Very nice. Very nice. All right. You can't pick that one. Your uh, your next choices. Next choices. What do you guys got? Let's go like the world of Marvel or something. Okay. All right. The world of Marvel superheroes. I like it. Okay. Up. Very nice. All right. Chancho. Chris. What you got, man? I'm going to go with Destiny because you can run around as a Titan and punch stuff. You can run around as a Titan and punch stuff. All right. So everyone uh, in the audience on your feet. Uh, on your feet, on your feet. What I need you to do is I need you to pick which world you would want to live in of those three. We're going to do Hogwarts, we're going to do Marvel Cinematic Universe, and we're going to do Destiny. So go ahead and move uh, to where you would vote. Like, this is where I want to live. You've got ten seconds. Harry Potter, Marvel, Destiny. Kaylee wants to punch somebody. That's what I see. That's what I see. You don't know what any of them are? All right. All right, so uh, are you just uh, refusing to participate, or are you just lucky? Okay, all right. Doing a quick head count. Let's see. We got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen is the number to beat. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. One, two, three. All right, very nice. So we're going to the land of Harry Potter. Everyone, come take a seat. Come take a seat. Harry Potter. Harry Potter. All right. So uh, since we're going, since we're going to Hogwarts, uh, we're going to Hogwarts. Uh, my next question to you guys is this. Um, uh, are you guys, uh, okay, what house are you going to live in? If you go, I don't know a house, uh, we'll just make one up for you, and you're definitely getting Hufflepuff. So uh, go ahead. Where, what house are you put in? Gina? Slytherin. Slytherin? Yeah. Wow. Oh, for sure. Okay. Listen, know thyself. Okay, know thyself, it, I guess. Just because All right. you're in Slytherin doesn't mean that you're, like, evil. But in your case. I appreciate that. Okay. Very nice. All right. Uh, I mean, the test said Slytherin, so. Wow. Okay. Jeez. Uh <laughs> I'll go ahead and take Hufflepuff because I'll know it. <laughs> Hufflepuff. Hufflepuff. All right, very nice. Uh, uh, it's currently a test that's been asked in my house over and over again, uh, and Zeke keeps, like, drilling in an Asher, like, Asher, four-year-old Asher, what house are you in? He doesn't know what it is. So, anyways, all right. Uh, uh, I think I was Ravenclaw. It was at my was. All right, so uh, let's do this. Everyone stand back up. If you are Gryffindor here, Ravenclaw, Hufflepuff, and Slytherin. Gryffindor, Ravenclaw, Hufflepuff, Slytherin. All right. You know what's... Okay, so it's almost, it's almost like a good even split, except uh, all our Slytherin is on stage. I think it would have definitely would have adjusted if they were over there. 
Very nice, very nice. All right, guys, come back and take your seats. Come back and take your seats. All right. Last uh, Harry Potter question. Last Harry Potter question. Um, okay. Uh, you can. You can. All right. So now this is also, uh, you guys are going to have to pick different ones, okay? Um, so you are your own, your own person, okay? You're not Harry Potter. You're not Hermione. You're none of those, okay? But uh, you uh, have to uh, go and uh, hunt a giant spider in the woods, and you can take one character besides Harry Potter with you into the woods. Who are you taking? Who are you taking? Does it have to be a student? Uh, no, no, it doesn't. So first come, first serve. I'll take Voldemort. You're taking Voldemort. <laughs> very nice. We're going to kill a spider. I'm going to get a guy that looks like a spider. Very, very nice. Hermione. Hermione. All right. Very nice. Hermione. Okay. Because of my limited knowledge of Harry Potter, I'm just going to say Ron Weasley. Ron Weasley. All right. Ed Sheeran. Yes. Same person. Same person. All right. Last time you guys are going to give a move around. Ready? Your options are Voldemort, Hermione, and Ron Weasley. Who are you taking to go kill a giant spider? Giant spider. Huh? If you want Dumbledore, that would have been a wise choice. That would have been. Or, uh, or, or Fox. Fox would be another good one. Uh, Hagrid would be another good one. All right. So we got, yes. Um, Mr. Daniel's the only one that wants to take Ron Weasley. I think it's just because Mr. Daniel. Oh, I didn't see Jacob over there. Jacob, too. Uh, all right. So it looks like uh, it's a pretty good tie between the two. Very nice. Take a seat. Take a seat. Okay. So, um, so now that we've got the blood flowing, uh, we're going to move into our, our main topic today. Uh, I was listening to a podcast by Paul Turner. Paul Turner is uh, a guy who's been in youth ministry longer than I've been alive. Uh, actually, maybe not. Pretty close. Pretty close. Um, and he said there are three phrases that he thought we use as Christians a lot that maybe we, we aren't communicating well. We're not using them well. Uh, and he said we need to change how we use them. Okay. So the free, three phrases that he says we need to put to rest are invite your friends. Okay, uh, trust, uh, trust Jesus, trust in Jesus, put your trust in Jesus, uh, and um, share your faith. Those are the three. He goes, we need to stop using those phrases because we're not really communicating well. And let me explain why. He said, when we say invite your friends, uh, a lot of times we may be like Jacob and go, I don't know what friends I would invite because I don't have any that are lost, you know? Or we may think, my friends, they all go to a different church, uh, or uh, I don't want to invite my friends because I don't want them to know I go to church. Whatever that looks like, you may say not so much, but also it has this conveyance of an event. Bring them to an event, uh, and that's definitely not what we want to invite people to, an event, definitely not. And so um, uh, the alternative phrase he says we should use, uh, instead of saying invite your friends, we can say, who do you know that would benefit or could use a community like this one? Uh, who do you know that could use community like this or who needs community like this? So with that phrase, how does that change your thoughts on inviting somebody to church if we're using that phrase instead, inviting them to community rather than just invite your friends? What do you guys think? I think it puts a more like serious tone on it. Okay. Like how you were saying, it's not like we're just coming to you know have fun. I mean, that's part of it, but okay. we're also coming to learn and that could like save them. So. Yeah, definitely, definitely. So it puts a little more serious tone on it. What do you guys think? Reword it. So um, if I were to say, if I were to say, who do you know that needs a community like this? Does that just mean your friends? Who does that open it up to instead? Everyone. Everybody, okay. Yeah, a little like, closer. Yeah, okay. Like, it's like, you can, like, invite anyone. Mm-hmm. Like, you don't just have to do the friends that you know. You can invite anybody who actually needs it. Well, everybody needs it, but you can invite, like... It's like a broader range of people. Yeah. Uh, and, and let's think about this too. If you're at school, let's say you go to school uh, and you see somebody who is sitting by themselves, 
right? You may not know them. You may not have anything really that, that really a relationship of any kind, but you can look at them and know they need community. Obviously they need community. Does it, does it change your, your lens as to, as to what you're looking for, as to the type of person that you would invite? Chris, what do you think, man? Uh, yeah, I think it opens up to like everybody. Like it doesn't like give you a specific group or like the people that you're normally hanging out around with. Like if you're normally with a baseball group, like maybe you'll go and talk to like people that play volleyball or like the new swim team that Santa Fe has, like it'll open your eyes to other people and it will, it'll broaden the community instead of just like using one particular group. Yeah, yeah, that's a big part. Now, so are you wearing a bathing suit because you want to join the swim team? Is that is that how that works? Uh, no, not at all. <laughs> Um, I love those shorts. I do. All right. So the second <laughs> phrase, second phrase, uh, was, uh, trust in Jesus, put your trust in Jesus. And they say, he was saying, don't use that phrase. Uh, instead use the phrase, follow Jesus. He said to put your trust in Jesus has this idea that it's a single event that happened in the past. I did put my trust in Jesus. Now I'm done. I can wait this out until Jesus comes back. Uh, or I've been baptized. It's in the past. Whereas following Jesus is, an ongoing thing, right? It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's an action verb. It's a constant action verb. How does that change your perspective? If, I were to, if you were to tell somebody, would you like to follow Jesus? What does that mean? How does that change now? I think it changes to where like, you follow him daily now. And like, even like, by the second, you should follow him because anything can happen like, per second. So it's always good to have your trust with God to change your thinking from the way that we would normally have on a daily basis. Okay. Yeah, like, you can, like, go through something, and then you can trust in Jesus, but whenever that problem is solved, like, you would just go back right where you are. But if you follow Jesus, it's, like, constant. That's a good point. That's a really good point. Really good point. Um, so if you're, if you're following Jesus, if you're in a situation where it's not necessarily a matter of trust, it's just, what, what would I do here? You know, what, yeah. is, what is the action here? It's a lot different than, man, I'm in a tight spot. It's, it's everything. It's everything. Okay. All right, last one was um, uh, to stop saying share your faith. He said, instead, to tell the story of what Jesus has done for you. Um, without me giving any context, why does that, does that, does that sound different to you, Gina? Does that give you a different perspective? Instead of share your faith, tell the story of what Jesus has done for you. Does that change or is it the same to you when you're listening to it? Um, in my head, I feel like it's more down to earth. Okay. Because you can kind of relate to people Instead of just being like, oh, Jesus saved me, you can tell them why, you know, or like how, and yeah. like the whole story behind how okay. you were saved and your life before and your life after. All right. I like it. Uh, I feel like when you say faith, it's more of like an abstract thing, like, because you can't see it. But when you tell them like what happened in your life, like it's physical events, you can show somebody how God is working. And it's not like something like always just putting your faith into it. Like you can prove that it happened and like show other people what happened. And it just opens their eyes more. Okay. Yeah, like more detail. Okay. I like it. So uh, to answer uh, uh, the ladies' questions who are saying, how do we share our faith? How do we share our faith? If we're telling the story of what Jesus has done, does that make sense? I mean, we're, we're, telling, we're telling that story. Uh, and I think, I think we can all, if, if we've been saved, we remember those pieces. And if not... Uh, the Bible says that we have to work out our own salvation daily. Like we have, to, we have to constantly be thinking about it. And so if we were to stop and go, okay, if I was going to tell somebody the story about what Jesus did in my life, where would I start? You know, um, uh, as a storyteller, I like telling stories, but, but it's one of those things that you have to think through. 
if you just jump in, you'll tell a story like some people that I love that tell 9,000 details that no one actually wants to hear, and let's get to the actual point. Uh, but if we actually think, how am I going to tell this story? What does this actually look like? Uh, it, I, think it, I think it changes things. Uh, all right, so last thing, last thing. So this is a change. Uh, and so as we close up, I want to leave you guys with one more prompt. I'm going to give you a few moments to think about it. Um, the prompt is this. Uh, I'm a Christian now. I was a Christian in the past. What's one thing that you go, man, this is something that's, that Jesus has definitely changed in my life since the moment I met him? What's an area of growth that you could point to to start that story uh, what's an area of growth? As you guys think, oh, you got one? Perfect, Cheetah, go for it. Well, I've just learned a lot more. Okay, can you give me an example of something you've learned? You go, and this is something I know now. I mean, just different sermons and stuff. I can't think of anything off the top of my head, but like, there, I know there have been certain sermons that have like affected me and have like changed my way of thinking about Jesus and the Bible and okay. everything. Okay, all right. What did you guys, anything you guys can point to? I learned this, God's grown this in me, God's changed this in me. I mean, I guess just, like, patience. Okay. Because I know before I was really impatient with, like, everybody. But, yeah. like, yeah. Okay. I I'm not going to look at Dad and go, how, how is she doing? Because <laughs> uh, I'm sure, and even, even if we learn, this is still a work in progress, right? Mm-hmm. Like, we can look and go, you know, I definitely don't lose my temper like I used to, but there's still yeah. some things that, that are those little hot I mean, button like, issues. I try to keep, like, the mindset, like, he waited on me, so why can't I wait on others? That's a good point. So, That's a great point. Yeah. That's a great point. And, again, when we do that, where's your focus at? Is it on you or is it on Jesus? It's on Jesus. It's on Jesus. And so, yeah, that's another thing that, that we, we grow. The less we look at ourselves, the more we look at Jesus, the more we grow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I do have one thing. Yeah. Um, I feel like when I first got saved, it was harder for me to, like, actually tell people who I weren't sure if they were Christian that I was Christian. Okay. And now. You thought it was, like, a secret code? And, like, are you in the club? Yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, and, I mean, it's gotten better now. Like, I'm pretty okay with telling people that I'm a Christian and I go to church and things like that. Nice. So. Nice. Very nice. Did you have anything to add? Uh, one thing is when I first was baptized, I didn't know like all the stories, like when Jesus was tested and stuff. But as I've come to like learn and read the Bible more, it feel, I feel more open sharing with God and Jesus because like they can relate to it. So like it's easier for him to like believe and like trust in him to like help you through what you're going through because he already did it. So it's easier just to believe in it. Yeah, like we have a better understanding of him in general. Yeah, yeah, I like it. Well, thanks, guys. Well, in just a moment, we'll be back as we close up the episode. Thanks for hanging out with us, guys. Thank you for listening. If you have a topic you'd like discussed, you can message us on Instagram at Madhouse Ministries. The next episode will be recorded live on September 21st at 6.15 p.m. at the First Baptist Church of Alachua.